Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like this podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. I just want to thank everybody for the tremendous amount of feedback that I'm getting on the podcast. I'm hearing from a lot of people on Facebook. I'm hearing from a lot of people on email. They're liking what they're hearing. I'm getting some suggestions. Um, In the next couple weeks, I'm very proud to say that we're going to have the second part of Coach James, Coach Robert James from Key West High School. We're going to talk about his time at Florida A&M University. We're going to talk about him coaching at Florida A&M University and then returning back to Key West, coming home and coaching at Key West High School. And some of those early years at Key West High School, hopefully we're going to get to the 1989 state championship team, head coach Pat Freeman. And Coach James was part of that staff as the quarterbacks and running backs coach where he coached one of the couple guys in Monroe County to actually play in the NFL, Corey Sawyer. So I'm sure Coach James is going to have a lot to say about that. That's going to be in the next couple weeks. Also, Key West High School head football coach in 1995 and 1996, Coach Andy Siegel. He is a very successful coach at the college and high school level. He's coached at a few different powerhouse high schools and some colleges. He is going to be coming on the podcast in the near future, and we're going to focus on his time at Key West High School. He was the head coach for two years, and he went to the playoffs both years, so I'm looking forward to talking to Coach Siegel, and let's talk about what's going on this week. Thank you guys for listening this week on the 17th. That is going to be Thursday, the day this podcast comes out. Coral Shores is going to have girls soccer home playing against St. Brennan at 6. Marathon girls basketball is going to be home against Somerset South Homestead. Key West girls soccer is at Port Charlotte at 7 p.m. Key West high school boys soccer at Dade Christian 4 p.m. on the 18th. Also on the 18th, Marathon boys soccer is going to be playing Palmer at home. Key West girls basketball is going to Naples at Baron Collier at 5.30 Coral Shores Swimming is going to be at States at 10 a.m. on the 18th. Key West High School is going to be swimming at States on November 19th at 10 a.m. Key West High School Girls Soccer is at Lemon Bay, 10 a.m. in the morning. Key West Girls Basketball at Golden Gate, Naples, 1 p.m. Coral Shores High School Boys Basketball at Everglades Prep. Nice, easy drive for them right at the end of the 18-mile stretch, 4 p.m. Key West High School is going to be playing Girls Basketball home against Immokalee at 3 p.m. So you guys hear it. A lot of these teams, especially Key West this week, are going to be road warriors. A number of teams going to the southwest coast of Florida. And as some of our football, we saw it with Key West High School. Their football district had a lot of teams from southwest Florida. And so we're starting to make that move. And any of you that have been down here for a long period of time, there's always that ebb and flow of teams that that the Keys teams are going to play against. Sometimes if you're in a district, sometimes those teams could be in Dade, Broward, Palm Beach. And now it seems like a lot of the teams are on the southwest coast. And you know what? Our athletes and coaches and referees in Monroe County can handle it. So good luck to all the teams this week. Last week, 
really were opening up to winter sports. So they had a couple weightlifting meets, but the big news was really the opening last week of soccer. November 7th was the official start date for regular season to play all across the state of Florida for boys soccer. Boys soccer marathon and Coral Shores met up at marathon November 8th for an early match. Marathon looked good at the beginning, including an early goal off a corner kick by Oscar Cardona and one later in the game by Brian Gonzalez-Cinto off a Jay Marshall assist, but it wouldn't be enough to carry the fins into a win. Coral Shores, was uh, they outscored Marathon 8-2 with goals coming from six different Hurricanes. Directly following the Marathon-Coral Shores game, Key West took the field in Marathon to take on Somerset Silver Palms. That game was originally scheduled for Key West High School in the fantastic facility known as the Backyard, which is a beautiful place to play soccer and lacrosse and football, but there were no referees in Key West to be had. So the game had to be moved up the keys to Marathon due to a lack of officials in the lower keys. Key West was able to outscore the Stallions 3-1 to in the match with two goals from Jonathan Javille and from Sebastian Camargo. Um, Marathon hit the road November 10th to play Westwood Christian and found their scoring groove in the match, netting eight goals from six different Dolphins. Jay Marshall led the scoring with a hat trick, and Henry Herrera, the senior, scored two and was awarded assists and four others. So big day for Marathon there. They were able to beat Westwood Christian. Key West played November 10th against St. Brendan up in Miami. Key West uh, had a solid second half but couldn't come back from a rockier first half during which the Sabres scored three goals against them. Final score was 4-2, to two, giving Key West High School an even 1-1 one one record in the regular season play so far. Uh, girls soccer also started up. Key West and Coral Shores played one another November 9th. The Conks scored six goals in the first half then secured the win with two in the second half. So a good start by Key West. Lady Finns actually begin their regular season at Somerset Silver Palms November 15th. So let's break down this, this deal with the officials. Overall, please, everyone, if you have an interest in prep sports, if you played, if you coached, if someone that you knew played or someone that you knew coached or you just enjoy Monroe County Athletics, please, and you want to give back. I'm going to tell you a story, a little insight on Coach James, and I'm going to give him a shout out here. Coach Robert James at Key West High School. Coach Wise, you know, a lot of the coaches back in the day drove the bus. Really, if you go back a long time ago in the 70s and the 80s, it was a prerequisite that if you coached, you automatically drove the bus and you learned how to do it. As time went on, a lot of the those coaches that drove the bus, they sort of retired or stopped driving. Coach James, Coach James Robert, Robert James, Key West High School, was long retired from Key West High School and he was still volunteering to drive the bus. And as Coach James told me, I asked him, I saw him last year. Coach James has been retired at least five years. Coach James, you still driving that bus? And Coach James says, you know what? I always think when I was a kid and I was playing at Key West High School, there was always someone volunteering to drive me. So this is my way to give back. So I think that we need to do the same with officials in Monroe County. If you have an interest in any of the sports, but right now we really need officials for soccer because we're looking at canceling games, moving games, postponing games because we don't have officials. 
I mean, Key West still has a few officials and Marathon in the Upper Keys do as well, but more are needed to ensure youth and prep sports can continue in Monroe County. And even though one can't make a living off being an official alone in the Keys, the money is not terrible for someone who loves sports and is looking for a side job that allows for staying active and engaged in the community. We need basketball officials too. Football game pay is currently $111 per game. Baseball and softball pay is $85, and volleyball and soccer pay stands at $79. Travel is also reimbursed, and many officials can make almost double their pay in travel mileage. I think it's $0.60 a mile you are given to travel to these events. If you want to become an official, you must be 18 to be a full-time official or 16 or 17 to be a junior official. First, you join the official association, register with the FHSAA. You're going to have a test and you're going to be an official. So the best thing that you can do, I'm going to tell you right now, and it's important, is go to Google. And just type in, how do I become a basketball official in Monroe County, Florida? How do I become a soccer official in Monroe County, Florida? And that information is going to be there. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you right now, you're someone that likes high school sports. And why not give back to this community that is given to you? And you can make a little money and you can get in shape and you could help mold some of these young athletes that we have in Monroe County. So... That's the end of my rant this week. That's the end of the quote-unquote sports wrap. We covered stuff that was going on last week. We covered what's going on this week. It's really a time of change. Yes, boys soccer is going on, some girls soccer, some girls weightlifting. But really, this week, boys basketball is still really practicing. Girls basketball is having a couple games. I know Marathon, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday November 15th, and they had a game yesterday, so things are starting to heat up with the winter sports. I love basketball. I love this time of year, and I thought we'd bring in some of the basketball coaches. Now, this week, we are actually interviewing the longest tenured head basketball coach in Monroe County. I looked through the records thanks to Coach Wise gave me the Key West High School basketball records, and I think I want to say Dave Fedor is the longest tenured high school basketball coach at Key West High School, and he was the basketball coach there for 16 years. Um, I've been looking around through all my records, and I can't find a basketball coach at Coral Shores or Island Christian School or Mary Immaculate or Marathon or Key West High School that has been the head coach for more than 16 years. If you know it, you can find me on Facebook or you can email me at sports at keysweekly.com and let me know there. But we have on Kevin Freeman today, Coach Kevin Freeman. We get into his upbringing. We get up into his prep career. We move into how he got to the Keys and how he started coaching and some of his favorite teams from his early years. We really do not, we really do not cover 2015 to current. All right, we are going to get there with Coach Freeman. I'm looking forward to to those years and breaking down those years because he had a lot of good teams there. Um, what we are going to talk about is his beginnings at Marathon High School, 
what sort of turned him into the coach that he is today. And he's going to talk about some of those teams. So I want you guys to enjoy it. And he's also going to break down this year's 2022-2023 Marathon High School Basketball Squad, how they look this year, how he expects to do this year. So basketball season is here. I want you guys sit back and relax and enjoy our talk with Coach Kevin Freeman from Marathon High School. Well, today I have, it's the start of basketball season and I have Coach Kevin Freeman from Marathon High School. This is going to be Coach Freeman's 20th year as the head varsity boys basketball coach at Marathon High School and he has seen it all. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Freeman. How are you doing today? Thanks, Sean. I'm glad to be here. I'm doing doing well. Yeah, 20 years. It's hard to believe. Well, let's go back even further than that, because today what I want to do is I want to talk about you as an individual, how you got into coaching, um, some of the things that you learned while coaching, your playing career and everything. So let's go back even deeper than 20 years. Let's go back, I dare say, 30 or 40 years ago. (laughs) So I know why that you ate, why are you calling me out? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I always, I always loved playing basketball as a kid. Um, I was like, I probably didn't start taking it serious to about eighth grade. Um, and just started playing all the time and, uh, played, you know, JV in high school and played varsity. And then, um, was lucky enough to have uh, a JV team at the college that I went to at Old Dominion, and I, I played there for one year. Um, so I got to uh, uh, experience a little college basketball, not much, but um, it was still pretty cool. We practiced against the uh, the varsity team, which uh, had Chris Gatling, who's a NBA player for a long time, bounced around the league, um, and um, yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun, great experience, and I've uh, just. I think I always wanted to be a coach. I mean, other than, you know, starring for the Lakers, but um, I always wanted to be a coach. Uh, and um, I just couldn't, I couldn't wait to, uh, you know, I wanted to go into teaching as well. And just, you know, the two came together at Marathon. So getting a little bit ahead of yourself. So Sorry. starting off, so you are in Virginia and you're growing up and you're playing basketball in Virginia um, besides Chris Gatling, you know, everybody, everybody who plays a sport, you know, really through high school and to some extent college, there's always like this touch with greatness. What were some other guys in the Virginia area that were the big basketball players or who did you play against that actually made it to the NBA or the well, major college level? Uh, he, I believe he was probably the only one, um, I did play against one guy when I was playing JV at Old Dominion. Um, he went on to play at University of Virginia. Um, I can't recall his name right now, but um, he, uh, th- I think that was really, that was really it. So going through high school and college, when was that realization that you wanted to be in education? Now, did you want to be in education first or did you want to be a coach first? I think I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then after, uh, playing, um, the, uh, JV ball, that, that experience and, uh, getting close with my coach, I just saw how fun, how much fun he was having. And, and I thought maybe, I, you know, I'd like to do this. I've played a lot and I've learned some and, um, you know, obviously I haven't learned at all and still learning to, to this day, but, um, 
yeah, I think that's when it came together when I when I was in college, when I decided that that's that's what I wanted. And and that is is definitely not a unique thing. So there's always a lot of guys in college that are athletes and they want to continue in their athletic career. And sometimes the best way to do that is through coaching. So one of the big decisions that that those ladies and gentlemen make is, okay, well, I do definitely want to go coach at the high school level. What am I going to teach? What subject area am I going to teach? What is my major going to be? You know, because 99% of the time you're going to be in that classroom teaching. What did you uh, initially pick to teach? Uh, initially, I picked uh, social studies. Uh, growing up in Virginia, there's tons of battlefields and, and um, all kinds of things like that. Jamestown and Yorktown and Williamsburg. And, you know, my parents took us to all that stuff. And, um, and uh, it was just we just grew up with it and uh, it just came pretty easy to me. Um, so I got a degree uh, teaching social studies and then I did that for I think maybe four or five years. And then um, uh, once the PE teacher uh, retired at, uh, at Marathon, I, you know, I was like, all right, I might want to do this too. I could spend more time in the gym and, and um you know, work with those guys during class and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I took the test, passed it. And it's been since I think, uh, 2006, maybe that I've been a PE teacher. So when you, you graduate from college, now you have this big decision, like where, like LeBron, where are you going <laughs> to take your coaching talents? Who is going yeah. to get the pleasure? Because really, you know, when, when you when you are a young coach and you're coming out of college, you think you have all the answers to all the questions and you're really eager to get out there. So what did you do initially upon college graduation? You broke up at that last second. I'm sorry. What did you like after you graduated college? Then what was your next move? Okay. Yeah, well, I. uh I had, I went to Key West for a year. Uh, I had gone there a couple of times through uh, a church youth group I was involved in in college when we came down after Hurricane Andrew and helped rebuild houses during our spring break. Uh, I got a job one summer before my senior year in uh, for my senior year in college. I got a job uh, working with youth groups in Miami. Um, and. Uh, once the summer was over, I came back and finished my senior year. And one of the guys that I worked with over the summer, he was working in Key West. And I found out he was leaving at Key West United Methodist Church. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what? That'd be, that'd be cool. I had visited Key West once and I really, really liked it. And I was like, all right, I'll go down for a year or so and, and uh, you know, do that. And, and then eventually move back to Virginia and get a job and hopefully a coaching job and teaching and all that stuff. And uh, 28 uh, years later, still down here. Haven't left. Same, same old story for sure. For a lot of people <laughs> yeah. just come oh, yeah. down on vacation for a weekend and they end up staying their life down here in Monroe right. County. Um, so you're down there working at the Methodist church. You also had a job with the school district. I did. I worked, uh, my first job was at Point Siena elementary as a health and values teacher. I don't even, think that job's even around anymore and then uh i got a job at the district uh counting the or checking the bpi numbers through all the schools up and down um up and down the keys so i sort of uh that's when i first you know kind of went into marathon high school but you know again i wasn't really um planning on staying and then uh 
as I was, uh, I found out about a youth group, uh, uh, youth director job in Marathon at the uh, Methodist Church in Marathon. So I was like, all right, I'll, you know, I can stay another year and see what happens. So I did that and then got a job at uh, Marathon High School. This was in 95, the 95, 96 school year. Um, uh, I, I was the CAPS counselor. I taught one class of U.S. history and I was the JV basketball coach. So that was my first experience coaching. So coming down here in the mid 90s, before you really came into the coaching scene, were you a fan of Monroe County athletics and what were your big memories from back then? Did you go to baseball games when you were at Key West High School? Did you check out a basketball game? Did you go to a football game? What, what were your memories about that? Well, when I worked at Point Siena, uh, I can't remember. Somebody's son was on the baseball team, and it was they won the state championship that year. So I do remember going to to games then uh, and seeing that, and actually went to the state championship in in Tampa um, when they won it. I guess ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was really. I didn't really check out any. I mean, I was busy working. You know, we had to, had you know two or three jobs to live in the Keys that time. So. Um, uh, really didn't get to Key West High School a lot, or even obviously Marathon since I was in Key West. But um, you know, once I got the job at Marathon High School, uh, you know, I was at every event and, and going to all the games, and really kind of got into the to the culture of Marathon. So you're talking about like as soon as you get to Marathon High School, who? I, I hate to I'll use this term. Who is in power then? Who's the principal? Who's the athletic director? Uh, you know, who's the head football coach? Who's the head basketball coach? Who are who are the people in place when you get there? When I got there, Bill Quinn was the principal and Bill Simpson was the AD. Um, and I think Bill Simpson may have been the football coach as well. Uh, Sal Zarzana was the varsity basketball coach. And, um, and I was the JV coach. Sal Zarzano. Yeah. That is, that is, uh, that is not a name I've heard before. Tell no, me, no, he was tell me. For a couple of years. Yeah. Tell me about coach Zarzano. Uh, he was a guy from New York. Um, good guy, really knew basketball. Uh, I learned some stuff from him. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, I had a good time. It was fun. So you always have a special place in your heart for like that first JV team that you Definitely. coach or that first varsity team you coach so you know getting into high school athletic coaching the very first team that you're the head coach of is is the marathon jv team that year so what are your what are your memories of that season of course you're you're going into the season looking to win every game looking to shut out every opponent you have all the answers to all the questions what was the reality of that i was sorry i i was really green um i kind of just remembered what my high school coaches did. And that's what I, I just tried to do that. Um, we, I sort of ran the same plays that I remembered running in high school, ran the same defense, sort of ran practice the same way. Um, so yeah, that was my first experience. Um, you know, and, and who are some players on that team? Um, gosh, uh, Chris Hayes was on that team. Um, uh, Zach Sayer was a sophomore, I believe, um, on that team. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I could, I kind of search back in the memory banks for for some of those names. <laughs> but like you know, going into into that first big job like that, 
you know, sometimes you come away with that with like, oh, my goodness, this was the the greatest experience of my life. Or you're thinking, wow, that surely wasn't what I thought it would be. You know, what did you take away from the end of the season? Were you left wanting more or you were you ready to just pack it in? Yeah, I mean, we definitely uh, it was a I do remember it being a tough season. Um, I don't think we won that many games. What the JV team then really consisted of a lot of middle school uh, players, mostly eighth graders, maybe one or two seventh graders and some freshmen. Um, We didn't have sixth grade back then, and we certainly didn't have a middle school team. Uh, We just had the varsity and JV. Uh, So we had a young team. And again, you know, it's still and really playing the same teams that we play now. Uh, All these little private schools in Miami, since our school is so small, it's a public school, but it's so small. Um, you know, we play all these little private schools like Palmer and Westminster and, and, um, they were good and we, uh, you know, got our butts handed to us, you know, a few times. So it was a good learning experience. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, uh, go from there. So you're, you're coming off of that season and you're, you're left wanting more. How many years do you end up being the JV coach? Well, I was just the, the one I was there for one year um, and then the job that I had wasn't there anymore. Something happened. Um, and then I didn't get back to Marathon until like the 2001, 2002 season um, or 2000, 2001. And I was the JV coach again for three years. Uh, David Seaman was the varsity coach. I was the JV coach. And again, uh, we still didn't have six graders yet. So uh, I do remember that uh, my JV team was that year was mainly seventh and eighth graders. And um, we decided to keep those, that group together, that core group together. Um, and eventually that core group, when I I'm sort of getting ahead of myself and, but in 2006, that group won, uh, you know, our first district title, um, for in a long time at marathon. So, um, yeah, it was that, that first group we coached about, you know, I had them at JV for about two or three years. And then when I moved to varsity, everybody moved up and, uh, you know, they had been playing together, three or four of them been playing together their whole life. So they, I mean, it was, it was pretty easy to coach that team. Um, and, uh, that, you know, the, the girls, uh, girls team was great that year as well. They were undefeated. Um, during the regular season, uh, Teresa Conrath was the coach then. Um, so, you know, I learned some things from her. And, um, so, yeah, that was a that was a fun time just to not get ahead of myself. But there we are, 2006. So, you know, you're talking about a thing that, that we've talked about on this podcast a couple of times in some different episodes about the uniqueness of Marathon having the ability because it's a 612 where those middle school kids can play junior varsity and varsity sports. And sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes that's a curse. So, so you got, yeah. So you guys had a discussion and you had some talented middle schoolers or talented eighth grader, talented seventh grader, instead of pushing that kid to, to varsity, you made this conscientious decision to keep them together on JV and have them play together to, to get this type of continuity. Who was that? It was coach Seaman at the time. Was that his decision? Was that your decision? How did you guys come together with this in this case and why? Uh, We worked pretty well together, really well together. As a matter of fact. Um, And we just, he had a group, he had a a group of like, uh, I don't know, six or seven, eight, 
juniors and seniors that he wanted to keep together. And it, it just, it just seemed to be the right decision. Um, and, you know, we, I, we talked about it and we said, all right, you know, we're going to, we took our lumps and took a bunch of losses with this group, this young group. Um, but, you know, eventually they, you know, they came together and it's really, really started to play well. Um, and it was, like I said earlier, it was just, it was fun to coach. Um, really, I just let them go out and do their thing. And uh, they, they, like I said, grown up together, playing with each other. They knew each other where they were going to be on the court um, at all times. And uh, it was, they did some really amazing things. It's like uh, Coach Holly quoted Bobby Bowden to me in, in an episode. And he talked about what Coach Bowden says is, first, you have to lose big. Then you got to learn to lose by a little. Then you got to win by a little and then you win by a lot. And, yeah, and yeah. it seems That's, so simple, but for a process like that, sometimes that takes time. And by allowing and those kids, oh, absolutely. And patience and patience, but allowing that group to, to take their lumps together and, and, and learn to work as a unit is, is definitely paid dividends in the long run. Who are some players uh, within that group? Uh, Max Shepard was probably one of the best players on that team. Um, uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, Jose Torna, uh, Blake Friedman. Um, he was, a, I believe, a sophomore that year, that 2006 year. Uh, Mac and Tyrell and Jose were all seniors. Um, uh, yeah, and then we just had like a couple guys, uh, Rowan Allen, um, and uh, uh, Mason Ellis, I mean, they just came in and, you know, they they just fit. You know, it was like we had a, 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 a tight core group and then just a couple other players come in and just, you know, do the just do the little things that helped us get better. So how did that play out? You end up being their JV coach for two or three years and you end up getting the varsity uh, basketball yeah, job. Uh, what what transpired? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach Steven left, and uh, he recommended recommended me to uh, Bill Simpson, and you know, I was fortunate enough to get that job, and um, I think I got that job when Mac was a Mac Mac and Tyrell were uh, sophomores, and so and again, like even when they were on varsity, like that first couple years, we. You know, we had some really bad losses, and we played some really, really good teams. I mean, Palmer and Westminster were getting players from Europe from there. It was just, I mean, it was almost unfair, but we kept practicing hard, and, um, you know, we just we just gelled together their senior year. And it was, I mean, we were, I think our record was like 18-4 and four in the regular season. Uh, we, uh, we just had a really good year. We won districts, um, and we just ran into an unfortunate, uh, really good Dade Christian school in the regional quarter or semifinals. Um, and, uh, you know, we were close. I mean, we, we always, whenever I see some of those players, we talk about uh, a dunk that was missed uh, for us that, um, like if that had gone, if that would, if that dunk had gone in, um, we would have probably won that game. I think um, the, the roof would have, exploded off the gym it was the loudest gym i've ever heard um and it was in the old gym so it wasn't that big but it was packed and it was hot and ac never worked and it was just it was a it was just a great 
place to play. Uh, a lot of good games there. That was one of the things on my list to bring up with you today, Coach. Like, we're going to talk a little bit right now. We're going to take a little side road, and we're going to talk about the old gyms because you were able to coach in all of the old gyms. We're talking about the old Marathon gym, the old Coral Shores gym that that had those Mm -hmm. tiles down, and and the old Key West High School gym. So. You, nice what, concrete tile floors. What are what are your your thoughts and what what is your favorite besides marathon? Did you prefer going down like regardless of the other team? I'm just talking about. Did you prefer going up to Coral Shores and playing up there in that old gym or down in Key West? I mean, obviously, uh, I think Key West was probably stood out more so than anything. And it was really weird whenever we played them. It was always like right after school. It wasn't little. It wasn't later. So. You know, kids were walking through, going to class, like for my games, especially when I played, uh, when I was coaching the JV team, uh, kids were walking through to go to class and it was just, you know, it was, it was crazy, uh, but it was loud and, you know, Key West was you know, good, had a bunch of great athletes. Uh, and, you know, Coral Shores was uh, same thing, just, you know, that floor, those floors were awful. I do remember, I think, uh, maybe 2005 or 2006, we did get uh, one of those composite rubber floors put in, uh, which means we had to get AC put into the gym. So that was the first time uh, because there were many, I remember many games where, you know, it's with the old floor, we'd get a, uh, you know, get a cold front and then all of a sudden it would warm up and the floor would just get wet and we'd have to put kitty litter down on the floor and spread it around and mop it, sweep it up to get all the condensation off the floor and yeah, it was good times. <laughs> that That's amazing. That's what a lot of our listeners may not even realize. You know, I was at Sugarloaf in 2000 when we got the new school and, and, and we got that new gym but even in 2000 they didn't put air conditioner in that yeah. gym. <laughs> You know, what, you had what were they, they, they weren't they they had that quote unquote <laughs> fan you had. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Marathon. I know Key West. High, I remember they had like a big fan yeah, right, in the, the middle big fan right by the door. Yeah, you had like the big fan and that that's going to cool everything off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're good with, uh, you know, 300. Absolutely. So um, so like degrees outside, 110 inside. Mm-hmm. But we have the fan on, so every, yeah, everybody's good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and 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 it's just like you know, my mom talks about it. She went to school in Miami in like the fifties, and none of the schools had air conditioner. And you know, we right. were still in that point where we just didn't know any better. No, no, and we yeah, yeah. it's what we do. We didn't care. <laughs> And then, you know, we're going to complain about it. Nothing could happen anyway. So and even so, a lot of the people like listening to us, too, can relate to the fact that it was actually sort of a recent thing that all of the school buses had air conditioning. Oh, yeah, definitely. Windows down all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that you took many bus trips with everybody Uh, put the windows down. Everybody put the windows windows up. Yeah. Like when you get there. So, yeah, yeah. Make sure you put your windows up. Make sure it clicks. So, you know, you, you get your, your, your first district championship and that had to be like a big deal for you and then the school. So then what were your, what happened in the next uh, couple of years after that? That's another yeah, rebuild. That, we, um, we lost, you know, we lost a little, uh, all those guys graduated. So we really had to rebuild and, um, we had a lot of kids playing basketball, I think. And they wanted, you know, they saw those other the 2016 plan um and winning you know winning the district championship and winning a lot of games and i think a a lot of the younger kids started 
playing a lot in the park and um you know eventually uh we lost uh, we had a really good team uh in 2009 with uh naren ross was a junior and kenyatta scott um dwayne ellis nate kitchen uh who's father and two uncles were stars at marathon high school in the 70s and 80s um uh, we had a really good team. We lost a heartbreaker uh, to um, gosh, Miami Christian School. I remember it was at the Westminster Christian Gym. We lost in double overtime on a half-court shot uh, that went in by the kid that eventually actually went and played at Boston College for four years. Um, so we lost to a you know pretty good athlete for that shot. But that that was a heartbreaker. Um, that was our that was like the first time coaching where, you know, I had, you know, kids were crying and they were mad and, and, uh, uh, but the majority of them were coming back that next year. And, and, you know, we decided in that post game, you know, meeting, uh, in the little closet that Westminster gave us, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to be back next year. And, you know, and we worked, we had a, we had a great team, uh, uh, like I said, uh, Darren Ross and his brother Travell Beckford was on the team. Uh, we just had incredible athletes on that team, and we—I uh, mean, we—we we were undefeated during in district play. Um, Westwood Christian was our big uh, rival then, as, uh, obviously as well as Palmer and Westminster. But uh, Westwood had a really, really good team, and uh, we hosted districts that year in the new gym. You know, that was 2010, um, and. Uh, we beat actually that year um, was the first time that I, I had coached a team that beat Key West. So that was big for us. Um, that was kind of a bit of, cause you know, Key West is just always has great athletes and, and uh, you know, it's just tough to beat them anywhere you know, down there, especially, but, you know, to get that first win against Key West, um, I think that gave our, gave our guys a lot of confidence. Um, and, uh, you know, we won the, district championship that year against uh westwood christian um going away i mean i don't even think it was close and uh again ran into a, a really good date christian school who you know uh beat us i mean they beat us we played well they just played better um and uh so yeah so that was 2010 uh so that was our you know, our second district championship. So, so throughout your career, you know, you're coming up and, and every year you're going down to Key West and playing and, and usually Key West is coming up to marathon to play. How big of a game was that for your teams? And what did you have to do to get over the hump and be able to get that first victory against Key West high school? Uh, well, you know, every time we play Key West, um, it's a big game. You know, these kids know each other. Um, even though we're, you know, an hour away, they still know each other. They're friends and, you know, acquaintances, acquaintances, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was uh, like, we were just, we were play. I just, I, I really remember we were playing really, really well that year. And when they came to us, uh, Naren's, uh, Naren Ross's senior year in 2010. And, um, everything clicked. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, we were up, I remember we were up 15 in the fourth quarter and, you know, we had about two minutes left and I'm just saying, you know, stall, 
you know, pull it out. Let's run the clock out. I, I, I Naren and I talk about this. Um, you know, he, he was about six or seven feet beyond a three point line. And he looked at me and smiled at me and I was like, Oh no, he's going to shoot it. And he shot it and he drained the three and it just, the crowd exploded and put us up 18. And that was just kind of like the nail in the coffin. And, um, you know, it was a good win. So, but every time we play Key West, it's always, it's fun. I mean, playing down there is fun. The crowd's great. You know, they, they get it. There's, they are in, uh, as much in the game as we are. Um, and we've had some, you know, in recent years, uh, especially between, you know, 2013, 14 to about 2019, you know, we've had some really good games. Um, you know, we've got blown out against them down there where we thought we, we were better than them, better than them. But, um, you know, obviously we weren't, um, you know, and it's just, and we had a little run where, uh, you know, I think in three years we were, we went four and two against them. Um, you know, it's just, it's fun playing them. And, and same with Coral Shores, you know, it's fun playing them. Their crowd is great too. Um, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's, it's a good rivalry you know, game, you know? So all of these years later, you're still at it. Boys varsity basketball coach at Marathon High School. Unbelievable. The 20... 20- 2022-2023 basketball season is underway. You started practice about two weeks ago. How's practice going, and how's your team looking for this season? Well, this year, um, practice is going really well. Uh, we haven't – this is our first year we haven't had a JV team, and it's kind of strange. Uh, we're trying to get used to it. Um, we just felt like the last couple of years it was just – you know, we were stretched a little thin on both teams, if that makes sense. Um, so this year we decided we'll take like 14 or 15 players that, you know, fit our mold, that, you know, the kind of players we want, the kind of players are going to work hard. And, um, you know, honestly, I've been more excited coming, going to practice these last couple of weeks than I have in the last couple of years. Um, I don't, you know, um, Coach Mendozi at Coral Shores uses the world uses the uh, term world beaters. Now, we're not any world beaters yet, but you know we're getting better every day. Um, we're learning, and I think with without having the JV team, we have a good um, uh, collection of uh, guys ranging from freshmen to to seniors. You know, I've got three seniors, I've got um, three or four freshmen, and you know, sophomores and juniors, and. And it's a good, it's a good group. You know, the older, uh, the older guys are you know, uh, leading the way so far, and the younger guys are holding their own. Um, one thing we've had, we have this year that we haven't had in the last couple of years, um, and one of the reasons we haven't, you know, we just haven't had numbers is that we have competition this year. You know, no, nothing really is set. I've got made, you know, obviously we've got two weeks before our first game, a little over two weeks. Um, so we're kind of like thinking about, you know, who's playing where and whatnot. And, you know, I've got two, two, two spots, I think, that are kind of solid and locked down. But there's competition for everything else. And, um, you know, we haven't had that in a while. And I think, you know, competition is just going to make us make us better. And these guys aren't so far. They're not selfish. Um, and they want each other. To, they want each other to get better which I think is, uh, you know, it's a good thing for a team for to have good team chemistry. Um, 
so yeah we're working hard uh we're working on some new things and um you know hopefully this will be an exciting season well the monroe county you know the whole monroe county basketball radar all the people in the know are talking about you know your freshman center Deshaun holmes he's six four mm-hmm. six foot five um he started playing basketball last year. How has right. his development been coming along, and what are your expectations for him this year? Uh, well, yeah, Deshaun is uh, uh, he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player. He's still, you know, he's still young and learning. Like you said, he played last year for the first time uh, for Marathon. He played on the uh, eighth grade or the middle school team. Um, so he's he's definitely learning. I think. You know, he has a really high ceiling. Um, and, you know, he, like he's 6'4", and his arms are really long. And, you know, he's he's a, a I wouldn't say a force in the middle, but, um, you know, he'll block some shots and he'll even alter some shots. You know, you don't have – you can be a really good de- defensive player and not block shots, he, if he, even if you just alter shots. Um, that's a – you know, that's a, a great thing, uh, which could lead to fast break and, easy buckets so um yeah he's um you know we're obviously going to work with him a lot and uh he's you know he's the future definitely who else is standing out this year as some of the guys that are going to make a big impact for the marathon dolphin team this year uh well uh, probably uh biggest standout so far is uh fisher coleman sayer he's a senior this year this is uh he's played middle school every year he's played uh i think he's this is fourth year playing varsity uh or third year um uh he's grown i mean he's gotten big he's gotten strong uh he's about six three now six two six three uh has developed a a pretty good outside shot uh we'll look to him for a lot of leadership and guidance younger players will especially on the court um uh Xavier uh, Grant um, is playing well. Has having a good uh, good practice so far. Uh, he'll have a lot of the. He's going to get a lot of the ball handling um, um, jobs this this year. Handling it, uh, bringing it up the court. Um, another senior. Uh, gosh, I'm losing Oscar. Sorry. Uh, He'll, uh, he's a, a good outside threat um, and, again, knows the system. Um, so, yeah, we're, we've got, a, like I said, we've got a great bunch of, you know, younger and older guys. So, you, um, you have a great mix. Are you seeing, like, you know, so far, our listeners understand Coach Freeman at Marathon High School does not have a JV basketball team, but he does have a full middle school team that's playing a very – uh, tedious, I would say, or a very difficult. They're playing a difficult schedule. The middle school basketball team's going up to Miami. They're going here. They're going to HOB. They're going to Sugarloaf, but they're also going up to the mainland. They're being led yeah. by Coach Jim Murphy. So right. you have sixth, seventh, and eighth doing middle school. You have nine through twelve doing high school. So it sort of goes back to the thing you were talking about before with the 06 team: is that the middle school is going to get a chance? Those players are going to get a chance to play together for three years. You know, right. you have 
have a young team. Uh, hopefully, you know, Deshaun and, and Shamar. And Shamar, right, yep. the freshmen on the team are, are going to get this this time to develop along with the sophomores and some of the juniors. And, and so the future is definitely bright for you guys at Marathon High School Basketball. Yeah, I think so. That uh, the middle school team has, you know, three or four pretty good kids. That if we were back in time in 1996, you know, when I was first coaching, or two, even 2001, when we only had seventh and eighth graders in the middle school, you know, some of these kids probably would be playing on the JV team. Uh, but you know, again, you know, Coach Murphy and I have talked like we want to keep these guys together and keep this group together and and have them build a relationship on the court. Um, to where they know where you know everybody is when they're playing and um they've got you know they're they've got a pretty solid team and like you said you know in the past with middle school um we've only had you know we only played games in january and we have like maybe 10 or 12 games mm-hmm. you know this year we expanded it to a, a whole season um we're playing i think they have we have 17 games um you know that's that's a lot of games for a middle school team. Um, and they are playing up and down the keys and also in Miami, which I think is going to help them out a lot in the future. Well, hopefully it'll pay off dividends for you and, yeah. and for marathon high school, you know, what advice do you have for all the coaches listening to this podcast out there? You've been the head basketball coach at marathon going into your 20th year. There's not too many head coaches in Monroe County history that can say, I did two decades. I, I kept the job for two decades. I survived two decades. And, you know, hopefully you survive this season, knock on wood. But what's some advice? You know, what is the key to your longevity here? Um, I think communication, you know, with the with the players, you know, you know, everybody knows that, you know, it, the players have changed from back then till now. And I think being able to adapt to the way players are now from when they were then, you know, um, it, you, I mean, you have to change your coaching style. You have to teach, change your teaching style. I mean, even in the classroom, everybody, you know, we're teaching a different way. So we need to coach it. You know, I think we're coaching a different way than we did. And, you know, sometimes the old school doesn't work and, you've got to be able to go adapt and change. And I think that's, you know, what we've been able to do with, uh, at marathon and, um, you know, hopefully it'll, uh, bring some good dividends. Well, good luck on this season. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, and being part of this and have a great day, sir. All right. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate right. it, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much to listening to this podcast today. The Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like, and you know, let's get the Coconut Telegraph going on this thing. Let your friends know about it. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. And the podcast will also be uploaded there. I want to send a special shout out to the Keys Weekly. Thank you guys so much for letting us do this podcast. And you can check out the sports stories written by Tracy McDonald, my wife, in today's episode. Today's episode of today's 
copy of the Keys Weekly. You know, I know in Marathon, I get that Keys Weekly every Thursday, and I cannot wait to open up the Keys Weekly to see what Tracy McDonald has wrote. She is covering the high school scene in Monroe County, and I know a lot of great things are coming. So please check your Keys Weekly this week. Tune into the podcast. We're all looking forward to Thanksgiving next week. So we're going to have a special podcast for Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald.